Well, no matter what party you align with, we've talked about political parties and partisanship and all the rest uh, for most of the show today. Um, no matter how you feel about Ottawa and Alberta relations, there is a good chance you recognize there is, and there always has been, a sense of frustration in this province when it comes to where Alberta fits in within Canada. The frustration, the, the feeling of disrespect, um, all those sorts of a lack of understanding, for lack of a better term. And at times it's subdued. It's not in the forefront. Other times, like right now, for example, it is. It seems to be a white-hot point of contention. Our next guest recently wrote a letter to the rest of Canada trying to explain things, trying to put it all into perspective once and for all. It's a really, really great piece. I encourage you to check it out on the TIE, T-Y-E-E. It was written by Doreen Berry, who is an adjunct assistant professor in the political science department at the University of Calgary and the author of The Other Alberta, Decoding a Political Enigma. Doreen, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Hi, Shay. I hope your parents will be fine. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah, but I appreciate that. Um, in your piece, you, you start out with, um, you know, sort of stating the age-old position uh, that I think most Albertans are aware of. Hey, we're, we're not looking to break up. Not all of us, anyway. But you know what? We are frustrated, and we have good reason to be frustrated. Yes, we do. And that's what I listed in that piece that I wrote. Um, you know, and I listed all the grievances that we had. But I think this misunderstanding about Albertans goes much further than that. You know, people, we have a reputation in the rest of Canada, I think, that we are gloating over our own good fortune, that we're indifferent to the rest of the country. It's, you know, like Prince Harry, we're crying all the way to the bank. Exactly. And, and unfortunately, people don't know all the good things about Alberta. You know, they don't know that this province was the crucible for political uh, innovation a hundred years ago. It, they don't know that Alberta was a very progressive place. We, in 1917, elected the first women in the British Empire to a legislature. In 1921, we had the first cabinet minister in the British Empire who was a woman. And Manning, Ernest Manning, was the youngest cabinet minister in the Commonwealth. And the other things they don't know about is all the political innovation that came out of this province and this region. And so, I mean, I, I, like you say, the history, a lot of the things that we're talking about today go back, as you say, to even before Alberta, you know, was an, was a province. I mean, this goes back to the very beginning. But if you fast forward to today, the grievances remain. Slightly different reasons, but, uh, you know, it, what about the, 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 the claim, uh, and, and you, you, you discuss it in your piece, that Alberta interests seem to be sacrificed on the altar of Ottawa ambition, if you will. And when that happens, any pushback from Ottawa is immediate, or from Alberta, is immediately characterized as radical and extreme and, and sort of discounted because of that. Well, I think the problem is, and it goes way back to when we became a province and didn't get access to our natural resources, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I said in the piece, the, the federal government wasn't interested in our resources. They wanted to settle the land, and then this thing dragged on until 1931. Uh, but since 1931, and particularly in the 1970s during the energy crisis, this was dusted off. And when the federal government, of course, the NEP, the loathsome NEP, uh, was introduced, the 
uh, Alberta government reminded people that, you know, they didn't give us our natural resources until 1931. Now they're interfering in our natural resources. So they've kept that flame burning, and it's very easy to attack Ottawa on on those grounds. However, at this moment in our history, the problem is that we are where most of the fossil fuels are being produced. And Albertans realize... They might not like this idea, but they realize because this is where all these fossil fuels are produced and they are the problem, we have to do something about it, right? So we are concerned about climate change. My students are very concerned about Mm -hmm. climate change. So we know that something has to be done. And I guess the way you do it is what is important. And and I think you make such a good point in terms of, you know, we're immediately characterized as climate change deniers or whatever the case may be, when all we're saying is, you know what, we want our interests considered as we make this transition. We're on board. We understand what you're talking about, but we're not allowed to have that conversation. Well, you know, I mean, we have to ask ourselves whether the premier of our province wants to have that conversation. Right, fair enough. Right? And I think that... Uh, there are many things that we can point to that seem to be, you know, making Alberta, shafting Alberta in a way. And people are receptive to those ideas because of all of this background. But I think the sad thing is, Shay, that we in this country don't interact with people from other parts of the country. You know, mm-hmm. your parents mm-hmm. and lots of uh, Westerners go south for the warm weather in the wintertime. And in the east, they go to Florida. And during the summertime, when they should be tourism, it's so expensive to travel across this country that people go to Europe and Canadians yep. from the west go all over the world. So there are huge problems because we don't know each other, we don't understand each other, and we don't have a forum through which you know we could have this knowledge expanded that people, I don't know whether we should start a sort of dating site for Eastern <laughs> Canadians, Western Canadians. Uh, An exchange some, program, maybe, Doreen, that's what we need. Well, we do need exchange programs. You know, and in the schools, um, if you are in a French immersion program, they have exchange programs with Quebec. Uh, but I think we need more than that. Maybe we need pen pals or something. But we desperately need to know each other and for us to understand that our provincial governments don't necessarily speak for everyone. And not only the the provincial governments, the federal government, because we know politicians will exploit this perception, right? I mean, they'll, they're, the division is there, and, as, and you outline it very clearly why and where it comes from and how long-standing it is, but it seems like at times politicians will use it as a lever and, and exploit it for their own personal gain. I mean, I think page one of politics in Alberta, and I don't care what party you're from, if you're the premier of Alberta, you go to war with Ottawa. It's always been that way, sometimes more intense than others. But, I mean, we the politicians play a role here too, Doreen. It's not just us not knowing what's going on. Well, Shay, you know, the problem is that there are literally thousands of meetings among provincial and federal civil servants and ministers and so on, and they're perfectly cordial, they get things done, but the higher up you go in the food chain, then there's a lot of political posturing. Yeah, exactly. And, And so as a result of that, people judge 
the whole province by what their prime minister, premiers are saying or the prime minister is saying. So if you take health care, for instance, do you think that Albertans wa- want the federal government to give uh, money to the provinces without any strings attached? I mean, it's our money, and we would like some strings attached because we want some problems to be solved. So... Aside from having exchange programs, is is there a way? Yeah, you wrote a piece, and hopefully it's read and it's shared. Um, but I, I'm just wondering how we do break down those silos and uh, take off the blinders that we all have. You know, I mean, I think I, I think I keep expecting people to rise up <laughs> and do something, right? So, I mean, whether we rise up about healthcare or something, people in each province have to have a voice that you know, the federal government can hear. We need so many things that should have be done nationally, but there's no appetite among the provinces to have any sort of national programs. You know, for example, this daycare uh, program that's just been introduced. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not this, it's not standard across the country. And there are some areas where we need things standardized across the country. But I think the biggest problem is that the people should speak to each other horizontally, not through their premiers and prime minister. It's a great idea, and I think you're right. And I think, you know, we were talking to a guest earlier, Doreen, and I think when you do that, when you actually sit down this with these people that you've been told are your opponents or in some cases enemies, you find out that that's not the case at all. We actually agree on a lot more than we disagree on, and but we get focused on, on the division, and you're right. Having a conversation can end that. that, Right? You get headlines from that. But the other thing is, I mean, just on a sort of fairly neutral level, people don't know. I had a um, link up with this class in in Ontario, and that prof talked to my students, and I talked to those students. And there was a student in that class who was surprised that we had tall buildings and all in Calgary. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> their view of Calgary is is the branding by the Stampede has been so effective that they think that this is what we are. We are a Western frontier. You yeah. know? It's some political backwater. So, you know, I mean, it's almost as if Albertans need to have a support program when they go to these other provinces because they such misconceptions and negative ones about Alberta. Yeah. I think you you're know? right. It's the stereotype. It is a stereotype. And, you know, during the 1930s, Alberta was a class clown of confederation because we had a premier who was passing legislation that was clearly out of the province's jurisdiction, so it was disallowed or struck down or reserved by the lieutenant governor. And, and people looked at Alberta and were wondering what was going on. So, you know, they're still wondering what is going on. <laughs> I think you're right, Doreen. It's a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.